What's going on, you guys? Your boy Fern from Social Club Misfits, and you're tuned into Pen Game One on One. Stay tapped in. Uh, yeah. Check the pen game. Check the pen game. Got your favorite rappers going insane. Then we run the gauntlet like the end game. So what you waiting for? Check the pen game. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Rapzilla, what's up? We are back with Pen Game One on One, Season Three, Episode One. Social Club Misfits, Marty and Fern. I do not have Luke or Cutright or Eli with me today. I have Mr. Opto Music making Woo! his debut. We have a brand spanking new record by Social Club Misfits that dropped on September 30th. Yes. Everyone loves a comeback story. So we're going to get into it. We're going to play some games. We're going we're gonna to get knowledgeable on the 101. And of course, they are going to dissect their own pen. So stay yeah. tuned. So basically, Opto is going to hit you with some lyrics from throughout Social Club's history. He's going to hit you with the first line, and then you guys have to pick it up from there. Um, you know, go, at, go as long as you could, and then, of course, we need the name of the song and where the song is from. All right, Opto. All right, ready? Uh, so this is uh, Marty's verse. It goes, so don't confuse me with them other guys. Just want to give glory to the one who saved my life. Hold on, I know the song. I, I know where it is. Other guys, I want to give gorgeous. I hear the beat in my head. Oh, my God. I'm saying, is, is it, can he only say it? Can we say it together? Can we're both in it, right? You Fern, Fern you could, if you I'm, could say it, I don't him, know why. It's a piano. Dun, 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 dun. I hear is it. it chocolate babka? That's it. Chocolate babka. Good, good one, Fern. Yep, it's chocolate babka. Uh, yep. Can you tell me where it's from? Where's it from? You tell them where it's from. I know that. I know hey. you know. Chaka Babka. It's from uh, Misfits' first EP. Um, one of the first songs we produced with Daramola. I'm big on giving the producers shout-outs. So that's why throughout this thing, I keep we talking. That we're nothing without our producers. And so, Appreciate that. Um, yeah, that was one of the first songs. That was another song. I made that in like 10 minutes. Like That was just super quick. So so you can't you can't give us the next line? That's a lot oh, of talk. That's a like, that's a lot of talking. If you, uh, if you, I think it's like if you saw my, if you saw me, if you knew the old me, it'd be like day and night. It's something like that. What is it, Opto? It's so don't confuse me with the other guys. Just want to give glory to the one who saved my life. If you could see the old me, it's like day and night. Not too bad for the suicidal uh, kid who hates his life. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. That's like I remember. Fern sending me the verse and I was living in my parents' house. I wasn't married. I was going to an ice cream shop with my like nephew or niece or something like that. They were just born. And I was like pulling up and I'm like, this is a great song. Like nothing. I've never heard anything like this before. And yeah. Chocolate Babka. I'm sorry, Dapto. Give him give uh, the next one. Next one. This is, this is Fern's verse. It goes, three flights, three room keys. And I've been doing this since Loose Leaf. Social season, right? Bro. Legendary life, Bruce Lee. <laughs> words with Texas so they can see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That social season. Uh, uh, what was that, Marty? What was that? That is uh, The Misadventures. Yeah. Last song produced on that record, produced by Black Knight and uh, Brandon P. Um, yeah, great song. Last song produced on that record. And we snuck it in and it was the end of it. All right. This one's for Fern again. It's called, it goes, Independent, no co-sign, my brother, we got this. Lord on my side, so it's family adopted. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cops. Lord on the side to his family, adopted my dog on the block, is no playing with choppers. I block on the clear up your block. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's a great song. I feel like people don't understand, like, when me and Fern came out, Reach wasn't where Reach was. Reach was doing 13 letters and, like, um, they were making great music and they were doing, but, like, for us, we were like, hey, what if it look, what would it look like if, you know, if I'm not a preacher. I mean, I was a youth pastor back in the day, but I feel like when it comes to music, like, what relates, I don't want to learn. I just want to hear the music and enjoy it. I, I hate to say that. So, like, I wanted to, we wanted to make music that, like, glorified God in the lifestyle of a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, because I, when I first got saved, I couldn't understand some of the, what the theological rappers were saying, because I wasn't, I didn't understand. I, I'm like, who is Paul? Who is this person? Who is this person? I just didn't know. And so when we first started, we were like, what, are we, what would we look like as artists if we can make music that glorified God um, and was just kind of like lifestyle, like people could just listen to it anywhere you want. And so when Cops came out, people were like, what is this? And I, we took a lot of flack for it, but I think when we first started making music, started shifting the culture and making more music that was like relatable, fun, exciting, um, and didn't really have deep meanings. Just, you know, enjoy the ride, enjoy it. So, yeah. That was the, so which uh, which uh, project is that off of? Misfits 2. Awesome. Good uh, This This is the last one. This is for Marty. Um, it goes, watching Lion King in my pajamas because nothing's changed. The Misfit gang is still behind us. Easy. Fern, you know this one? I know it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You got and it. Animal, Animal Kingdom. Produced by Carter right? Drum. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah. No, yes, it is. No? Animal. Nope. Watching Lion King in my pajamas. That's the lyric. Uh, There's so I many songs. I, I, was looking at my, I was looking at my BMI. We have like 489 songs released. That's crazy. So what song was that? I don't know. Uh, let, me say, let me say the couple of the bars and let's see if you get it. Oh, yeah, Watching yeah. Lion King in my pajamas because nothing's changed. The Misfit Gang is still behind us. Yeah, they're right behind us and we on the city. And I thought I was a reject and no, it's in me. Oh, pause. Um, I think that that song is from uh, Pizza Party. Yep. Pizza Party from Rejects. I can hear it, man. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. That's when you know you got 489. Cause I had to shuffle. I was shuffling through. Yeah, there's a lot of songs, a lot of bars. I think about like how many songs did Fern like rap? Like, cause Fern is really the rapper of our band. Like, he is a rapper. He is. Mm -hmm. He could rap. He's amazing. And so, like, I think like how many bars really like did Fern spit in like 400 songs? Cause some songs he goes like longer than 16. And so like. There are so many bars. If you just think about how many bars we have, it's insane. I didn't even know we were playing a game after a while. <laughs> that's, that's the game. So you guys know your stuff. So you guys did well. You don't know how many times we'll, we'll throw lyrics out and the guy's like, I, I wrote that. <laughs> or you know we wrote it for real. That's what you well, really I, you know. I think Opta like found like the, the old school party where it's like Lion King in my pajamas. Like literally, I would just say anything. I would just say whatever I wanted. I didn't really care. I think at one point we're like, how far can I take this? Like inside joke to me in front, like how goofy can I be? And just, just go for it. And it just kind of happened. Nah, well, no, we, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Afto. No, there was this one line I saw and I was like, I don't know if I should put this in. It's Marty but goes like, it? it was like, uh, I forgot how it goes, but it's like, I kicked a fan. No, I literally kicked a fan. <laughs> like a real person. Yeah. 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 It really happened. Yeah. And I was like, wow.
We, yeah, we, me and Fred, we adopted the writing style at one point where it was like, let's just document what we're living. So like we do a show and then write a song. And it was like, it was like a good training for us. I feel like, cause Fred would be like, all right, this is what happened on the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to give you two songs. Like he, we were just like, literally it would be an exercise of like writing what happened, like documenting. So we got another game. This one's called build the bar. You talked about freestyling before you talked about writing. So we're going to put you on the spot. Fern, you're up first. So I need you to take the word I'm going to give you. You could do like two bars. If the spirit moves you, you could keep going, but you just got to get, get me two lines. The word is Miami. Oh man, Miami. Let me see what rhymes with Miami. And I got that <laughs> part in front of me real quick. Uh, uh, I'm chilling. I'm chilling in Hollywood. That's close to Miami, with my cat throwing me some sincere eye candy. Damn. <laughs> All right, Marty. Give me uh, give me something for Florida. The word Florida. Yeah, or Florida. All right. Um, uh, I'm in Florida. Rapping some more bars, throw my head back and laugh, ride it in a sports car. I don't know. That's, right. that's going. Throw my head back and laugh. You know why I said that? I just watched George of the Jungle, stupid <laughs> movie, and he's like, this is the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. <laughs> so I've always, I don't know, there you go. Really, really living yeah, that life. Brain. Well, you mentioned the movie. What did I even say? I said, throw my head back and laugh, ride it in the sports car. Okay. All right, I gotta remember that. I'm gonna put that in the song. You'll you'll see the. We'll run the tape back. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of, I, speaking I, of I, movies, Mr. Movie Star himself, Fern. That's your word, movie star. Well, two words. Compound. Uh, movie star. Um. Okay, my man Justin. He called me a movie star. I call you a journalist because that's who you truly are. <laughs> it's too easy, bro. This is like exercise right here, like. When I was in Berkeley, uh, which I'm gonna go back right now because we have some time off, but like, this is something that they teach you in school is like, uh, but then they make it more complicated. They're like, all right, use five senses. So if I use a sense, like I use here, Fern has to use eyesight. If I use mouth, Fern has to use touch. Like it gets more, even more complicated. Yeah. But that's how artists should always think about music. It's like, what are we feeling, experiencing? Like, what's not the first thought? You know, that everyone would have, like, I love it. Friends does this, so yeah. I know, Fer I know Fern's a monster. So your your word now is producer. Producer. Uh, yeah. Um, Marty, the young producer, could have been driving Uber. My girl's ex is a loser. Mm. Back to school where the teachers hit her hands with rulers. Um... I'd rather be home watching Disney Channel, hanging with Mr. Cooper. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you good? You good? <laughs> yep. All right, Fern. I know you. You are a. If you're classic. gonna get chicken wings. Get them at Hooters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, they do That's make what good. I originally they thought I they do make good wings. Uh, Dwight Gooden. Oh. Dwight Gooden. Uh. You ask me nowadays to do crime, I wouldn't. Cause I remember the days of Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden. All right, there you go. If 
if my memory is correct, you told me that you lived on Staten Island for a while, right? Yeah, I was born there. You're born there. All right, so that's your word, Staten Island. That's a really hard line. All right, okay, Staten Island. Uh, born in Staten Island with Wu-Tang, doing a new thing. Uh, the kids come around like a mood swing. And mm offend my family by jumping on the table on Thanksgiving, kicking over the, I don't know where I was going with that one. I have no idea where I was going with that. So you could have consciousness. I'm like jumping on the table on Thanksgiving, going to kick the potatoes. And I don't know. You could have went like Staten Island. Lots of people like Andy Paisano's Wyland. There you go. You're a better rapper than me. Bro. <laughs> would've, would've been perfect. I got you. Justin. I got you. Mood um, swings. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so here's the pen portion of the interview. Social Club Misfits have a new album. Everyone loves a comeback story. So we are going to break it down song by song. You guys are going to just give us little notes that people may or may not know about it or interesting tidbits of the song. So opening the album. I can't fail. Yeah. Open album. Uh, yeah, song was produced by Grant LaPointe, um, Elijah, and then Dave James. Um, one of the first songs on the album that we created, um, Grant sent me the beat, and within like half an hour, I had the whole song pretty much done. And then we added Fern's part, and then I just felt like it wasn't over yet. I just felt like uh, it wasn't, there so what i did was i hit up dave james and was like man what would it look like if you could add like an outro to the song and then we had an outro originally we had chris durso on the on the song he was an intro it but there's another song that we have sunday service where i pitched my voice down and i'm kind of preaching i didn't want two songs with preaching on it so i hit up uh tree giants and daniel um israel is in like the philippines so he couldn't record we recorded something it just wasn't fitting and me and daniel worked on it and it ended up he ended up crushing it so daniel christman from tree giants um but yeah that was like one of the i think that was probably the third song worked on the album probably top three of my favorite songs um super like the verse came to me real easy as far as i probably wrote it three times but it always came to me a vibe always came to me the uh the beat was always like super dope, super spooky, kind of like just kind of laid it out, you know, for rap. The rap was always fun to get on that track. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was a crazy time, but I remember writing that. That was a lot of fun. As a rapper, that's one of the beats that you want. Next track is Again. Yeah, Again. All right. That one has a story. Um, originally, one of the first A&R that we had was Amanda Butterpeet. And so I really, I love Amanda. She's one of people who really taught me a lot about the music industry, about points, splits, all the back end stuff. So we, me and Fern were like, we want to hire somebody who understands social club and understands that we're in this weird position between CCM, Christian hip hop. And, you know, as much as we love Christian hip hop, at the same time, like we want to be able to make music that can reach a wider audience. And so that's why we, Sometimes we go in between, but we don't want to go too far CCM. You don't want to go too far Christian hip hop. You want to be like in the middle. And so originally I, I wrote this song 
um, to a different beat. And what ended up happening was one of the beats that Amanda sent, the producer was like, hey, the guys that I'm with, they don't want to sell it. They want to like sell it to a bigger artist. And I was like, man, like we're assigned to a major label. Uh, we'll pay whatever costs, but they just, I don't know what the deal was, but they just did not want to work. Um, I think they were like, we're going to ship, someone said something, we're going to shipping it out to like Drake or something. I'm like, okay, like go for it, bro. Like feel free. I'm not going to, I'm not going to debate over a beat. So I hit up like four producers. I hit up um, the guy who hit the guy who produced um, um, the song. It could be worse by Andy. I hit up him, AG. I hit up, like two other producers and I hit up Carvello. Uh, AG sent me something and it was cool, but Carvello sent me that version. And then me and him worked together and I added, so I wrote that chorus and I, I wrote like another chorus to the Carvello song. And then I wrote another chorus to it. We ended up having all three courses. And so the original chorus, like that was produced totally acapella. Carvello added it, then I added the singing parts in the middle and the end. And then I hit up John and I was like, man, John Keith. And I was like, man, I would, I think you could help. He's such a good writer to me. He's one of my favorite writers. And I hit up John and I was like, man, what, what could we do? And so he literally like took my flow and made it even better. And so he wrote, he, he, he like reworded certain things. And, and that's the course that we have. And he sent me three versions of it within like an hour. Was, he's just amazing. And so I cut up all the pieces I liked and I rearranged the song a little bit. And uh, I love that song. I think it's a great second song. Just gets you hyped about it. And it also is like three songs in one, which I love. Like Fern's part is different than mine. Um, the middle part, like every part of it, it's a very attention uh, ADD song because it just keeps evolving. And so Carvello produced that with Ace Harris at Reach. Shout out to those guys. And uh, yeah, that song. And then John Keith obviously killed that, that hook, made it even better. Wow, so that's a lot of moving parts just with a lot, a lot, a lot too, because it was like everything was getting mixed. I might even have the original. I think the original one was great. It was more of like horns and like uh, um, it, it almost sounded a little bit more like um, Family Ties by uh, Ke uh, Keem and, and Kendrick, where it was like the horns like dun 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 dun. dun. It was it was fire. It was great. And my whole verse was written and I recorded it on that beat. And so when I took the acapella off and I sent it to Carvello, he literally made it what it was. And we went back and forth like two times and he, he, I had some notes for him and he killed it. I love, I think working with him is like the easiest experience he'll work. And then one thing about Carvello is that he finishes out the song. Like a real producer will finish out the entire song. They don't just sell you the beat and peace out. Like that's, that's a beat maker, but a producer they work with you until it's completed. He literally worked until it was completed. Yeah, well, they always say you could be the the guy who just presses the button, or yeah. you could be the guy who's like, okay, my name's on it. This is my song too. Yeah. It's yeah. a reflection of me. So you want it to be the best. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I see production too. Like, I don't mind. I'm not trying to get like a, like sometimes it's like, hey, just sell the beat. But I don't, I feel like my name's on it. And I have a lot to prove. Even now, like in the beginning of, I'm still like in the beginning phases of, of being a producer. Some producers have been doing it for years. I've been doing it for maybe four years tops and uh, producing my producing us and other stuff. And, uh, you know, so, but one of the things I learned from Sam Ash, who is a Grammy award winning, he produced three songs on the record with me. He's like, you got to finish it out to the end. You've got to make sure that you are 
fully happy with the product. You don't want to just release something and let them, the artists, like, you know, figure it out. It's, it's easier. It's, good music is when you finish it to the end and not just, you know, good music lasts like that. I feel like when artists just record over a beat and get a mix, that's like, that's as far as you're going to get. And I think people nowadays, like our generation, like you listen to RG's album, you listen, like we want more than just the beat. We want it to feel personalized and customized to artists, uh, an artist's sound. So, Yeah, no, 100%. Now, speaking of sound and capturing a moment, your next track is Who That Is. So, Fern, I feel like, I feel like you, you've got something to say about this track, too. I feel like this is your era. I mean, uh, yeah, like when I first heard it, it was uh, it gave off that 90s bass era, you know, um, growing up in the late 90s, being in high school and stuff like that. Um, it definitely reminded me of that. So that was easy um, vibes going into it, right into it. I was already feeling it. And then, like, I remember hearing it off the first trip. I'm like, because of, of my relationship with DJ Laz, uh, my first thought was like, I got to get him on here. That was the first thing I even thought before I even wrote anything. I'm like, I got to call him up. I know he's going to say, yeah, I might as well call him right now. So I called the man. I locked the man. He showed love. He's like, yeah, whatever you need, my brother. So I locked him in. And so that was fun, even even just, you know, continuing to finish up the song because, you know, knowing that he was going to be on it and it was just going to be like a certified, like, you know, cultural thing for us, you know, just a full circle thing for me as well. So it was super fun doing that song. Um, and just seeing him come out and just like loving everything we were doing and just heavily supporting us. And it was a vibe for us. It was a blast. And when we had done that interview a couple of years back, where we kind of did the deep dive into, into your career, Fern, starting from the 90s, he was one of the ones you, you kind of came up with, right? When oh, you started rapping. Sure. He's the first guy to... Uh, he's, he's, he basically made me a professional rapper because my first payment was through gigs through him, you know, even just like doing like a commercial for Starburst in like 98. Yeah, it was a campaign um, for, for Latin America. It was like a, it was like one of my Spanglish things that I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but uh, he, he got me my first paycheck, you know, and made me a professional. So I just shout out to him. I always remember him for that, but we just always stayed in touch. Um, and it was just cool to just connect with him and just, you know, just bring it back full circle. Yeah, that's dope. Marty, any, anything on that? Uh, yeah, originally uh, I produced that song with Enzo Graham. Originally it was for Andy's album. Uh, we were working on a couple last year. We we're working on stuff for him. And um, that's actually Andy and John on the chorus as well, screaming who that is with me. Um, and yeah, I think that song is one of my favorite songs. I feel like I've never, we've never gotten, you know, usually when you do a feature with somebody, people are like so excited about it, but I've never got... I've never had so many people be so excited like locally about a feature. Like everybody I know has been like, dude, you did a song with DJ Lattice. And so it was really cool that Frank could connect those dots and make that happen because like, you know, he's a, he's a legend here. And so it's yeah. just fun to have somebody who it's like a full circle moment. You know, those are the songs that you grow up with and you hear on the radio on power 96. And that's what we were growing up to see. So that connect those dots was really cool. Um, to make that happen yeah it's it's your give back to the community yeah and it's like you know if you don't know who we are and like maybe you know who dj laz is like you're gonna enjoy it and want to listen to it so um yeah i have a friend of mine who does music and we work 
uh, who worked in corporate America back in the day. And he works with, he's like, I think he's signed to ICP's label. So he's like one of those, like, um, what they call his juggalos. Like, juggalos. He's awesome. He's great. He's a great artist. Shout out to him. Um, but he, uh, he, he randomly hit me up, never hits me up about music and was like, I can't believe you got DJ Lads. That's incredible. So it's cool to have like friends of ours locally be like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, DJ. And it's funny because even in my boxing, my gym, people are like uh, this girl that uh, she's a new coach. She's like, does anybody know who Pitbull DJ Laz is? And I was like, what the heck? Like, she didn't even know I just had a song out with them, even though one of the coaches played it. She was like, that's DJ Laz, you know, not even knowing that I'm in, in boxing, but, she, yeah. you know, I'm the, I'm the one who made the song. So it's kind of funny how, like, you know, <laughs> fans who don't like Social Club or maybe just don't know who we are, I don't want to say don't like, but just don't know who we are, they know Laz, so that it all connects. That's yeah. dope. So the, the track, Unstoppable. I wrote that chorus with uh, 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 Zach Paradise, who he did a uh, Holby's last album, uh, well, first album, Broken Heart. Uh, he also produced um, with Dave James a Fern's solo song, Human. Um, so it was, that song has probably 17 different courses on it. I worked on that song harder than any other song I've ever worked on in my life. Um, we had massive, huge writers writing on it. We had new up-and-coming writers and no one can do it. So it ended up being a freestyle that, I said, and I was like, um, when, oh my, I, I just made that. And everyone was like, that's the, that's it. And so uh, we were in, the, I remember I was FaceTiming me, Sam Sajan, who produced the song as well. I produced on it as well. We were in this FaceTime and I hear, um, I hear, I hear Zach, like, dude, that works. And so Zach's freestyling it, making it happen. And that after 17 writers, we ended up getting it internally between me and Zach and Sajan. So that song is very, very special um, to me, at least. And I love Fern's verse on one of my favorite verses that he has on it. That verse actually came from a breakthrough. Um, during this album, I was having like a tough time. I told a couple people like just kind of having, it, it wasn't even writer's block because I mean, I guess it wound up being writer's block, but I never had it before. And it was for a small period of time. It was like for two or three days where I was, just, I couldn't see anything. I would look up for inspiration and I was just drawing blanks, man. I was literally drawing blanks. And, um, and I remember, you know, shout out to La Russell, but just like, just started watching him real quick and just seeing how he was just having fun with it and just going back to the grassroots with it literally in his backyard, in his sandals, with, with his feet in the grass. And I was just like, man, you know, just sometimes we make things so complicated, you know, and I just took it back to the basics, man. And I remember just kind of like laying on the grass, just like my back staring up at the sun and stuff like that. Just like literally just, just like being a kid again, you know? And, um, and like tears running down my face. Think about my grandma and stuff like that. But I had just written the verse and I was like, well, I was making it so tough. And I was just feeling like it was, like this thing that was leaving me and I wasn't able to do it. It was like this crazy thing happening. And I just had to like really just fall back and just like realize that, you know, I, I just had to trust God the same way that uh, social club got here, Romans 828, keeping God in the center. And regardless of the good days or the bad days, that's always been the, you know, chemistry for us. And so I had to just really dive back into that and just really delve back into that and just remind myself who I was 
Um, also born for this too stemmed off of that as well. There was actually it's so crazy how people be like, oh, I don't want to really do so many commercial songs, but some of them songs they just come because that's really what's on your heart, man. You and like that's how that's the best way to sing them. You know what I'm saying? You want to sing them in the most massive way possible. And um, so shout out to CCM for you know placing a lot of them songs like Unstoppable. Hopefully it's gonna be one of the top place songs. But yeah, it came from a place of like almost disparity and then actual victory at the same time. You hear it in my voice inflections. You could hear you could hear the octave pitch in my voice, the way I was more excited. Like you could just tell that I was just happy to have it back after feeling like it was like gone, you know, and I'm just thankful. And every time I write now, I'm like, God, what are we writing today? You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, like I, you know, like sometimes we get caught up and lean on our own understandings about it and just forget that we're writing with God and we're just being um we're just being the vessel and the instrument. So I really tapped into that feeling and into that thought process during the writing of that song. So the next track is The One Out the Friend Zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I actually produced that, I think, for uh, Reach uh, 2022, I think, playlist originally. And um, it just, I don't think it worked out. And so I was like, you know what? I like the song. I'm going to keep it. Uh, I think I originally had Tommy on it. I love Tommy. He's such an easy hang. Uh, yeah, and then I had Juice Bangers kind of punch up some of the production. But yeah, that, some of these songs like just came naturally and we kept them. Like I have, I feel like I have like 500 songs on my laptop, just stuff like this that's just in there. And um, I love making music. So it's like something that we both love, me and Firm both love making music. We have a ton of songs that even aren't released and stuff like that. And so this is one of those songs that wasn't released, but it just got like, it just has a really soft spot in my heart. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it, you know, I, I think when I was listening to the whole album and I was like, all right, there's like a lot of hip hop. Like there's something, there's always some piece of me that wants to balance the album out with something that's maybe a little softer, or a little bit more pop. Yeah. So that was, that was that song. And um, I wrote that. Uh, I had Zach help me write some bars on it. And Tommy Prophet and uh, yeah, Juice Bangers help punch up the production. I like that song. It's fun and uh, it's almost like a part two to like um, to like Luau from the last album, where okay. it's like guitar led and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's hey, and it, and it and it fits on the record, right? So might as yeah, well it just, it's, might as well stack it. I think that most artists, I think an issue with most music that I listen to nowadays. And now, before I used to think it was maybe something that, like held us back, but I think it's actually one of the most important parts of Social Club and Marty and Fern. It's like we bring a wide array of diversity in everything we do. And, uh, you know, most artists are like, all right, let's just do hip hop. And so you listen to like certain albums and it's like, all right, it's the same thing over and over, it's same, let's melodic or it's going to be, you know. And I think that one of the things we do is we bend genres, we always are combining different sounds. So it's like, you're going to get pop, you're going to get CCM, you're going to get real hip hop, you're going to get, you know, everything is going to just kind of create a full album, full spectrum album. And so I feel like this album has that tone to it where it's like, all right, you don't like this song, we got another idea, we have another idea. And so I think that that's our calling card is like, we are known to make music that is always going to cross uh, and genre bend. The next track which I, I don't think I've ever heard a feature where Tori Deshawn hasn't destroyed everything. Yeah. Is, uh, ra special. Rendezvous. Rendezvous. Yeah. He's special. That song was produced by 
Isaiah Leroy, um, a new producer that I love. He's a new guy out of Philly. He's incredible. Um, and then Ben Lopez, um, one of my best friends, and we produced everything together. And he he produced that song. And I remember we were working on the song. And I was like, I want like to make the hardest song. I want this song to be like the hardest thing ever. And so as we were producing it, it just kept getting better and better. And then uh, me and Ben, we always kept throwing this phrase we're like, bust out the roof, bust out the roof, bust out the roof. And uh, so I hit up Tori and Tori was like, oh my gosh, I want to get in the song. I love it. And so me and him, I think we FaceTime and he was, he was like, I got an idea. I'm going to freestyle some stuff. He had his wife who's whistling in the back of the song. That's his wife going, you know? Um, and uh, he was like, I got an idea, bust out the roof. I'm going to go meet God. It's a rendezvous. Is that cool? He's like, can we just keep it? And I was like, that's perfect. He actually did like, a 16 bar chorus and we cut those two lines and repeated, uh, repeated it a couple times. And so he's just so talented. I love working with him. Um, and that song came very smooth. Fern, one of Fern's like best verses, I think on the album, it just is like, it's not even 16 bars. It's like 24 bars. And, um, yeah, it's a really fun song. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. Yes. Yeah, is that energy on the chorus is like, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to make something that was like in the veins of like cops, um, in the veins of like, this is the song that when we perform it, people lose their freaking minds. And so that was kind of the idea behind this song. And uh, we got it. So. Got what you need. Yes. Yeah. It's got what you need. Produced by uh, Sam Ash, me, Sajin, uh, David Frank, and another artist. Actually, originally this song was, this song was... I heard this song in 2020 and I wanted to put it on feared by hell, but I just didn't feel like, I just didn't feel like it fit on there. I don't know why I thought that, but I just, I don't think I found the right producer at the time. Now that I had, I found Sam and um, yeah, he produced that song and he made it so good. We literally, that song was originally written for like Blackpink or uh, like BTS. It was originally written for them, a part of their sessions and um they recorded i guess a lot of songs and that song just didn't make it and i was like can i have it and he was like absolutely so we just took the vocals off reproduced it threw the vocals on uh fern contacted jordan Feliz, and it was like that it was a very simple process for that song fern with all the with all the plugs on here it's, it's just those songs right there man they're like no-brainers man especially sam he serves them up once they get, once they all Marty and them, they all get in the kitchen. But with them Sam Mash collabos, especially, they're like, Fern, you only got to do a 12. I'm like, what? It's insane how these songs, they they, they become so powerful. And um, and to us, it, it seems regular to us, but it's not regular, man, how we start to put these songs together. And it's been like three or four, you know, huge songs that we've been able to put together with Sam Mash. Some other, you know, do, uh, dope collabs. But yeah, man, every time we get with Sam Mash, he's always pushing you too, man. He'll push you. He's the gentle pusher, though. He's an encourager. He's going to be like, you know what, man? Like, I feel like you could go harder on this, friend. Or or I need you to lay back more. I don't want you to rap here. I want you to sing here. But you know what I'm saying? You trust him because um, obviously he has a great reputation that um, that supersedes him. Um, but at the end of the day, like, he's just a great worker. You know, he knows what he's talking about. He's not BSing you. And, you know, we've just been able to pull out some awesome, awesome songs with him. So I like that, John. Now we have uh, Welcome to the Club. Yeah, welcome to the club, produced by uh, Ray King and a new producer. Hey, producer. Uh, AVXP. Yeah, AV, um, Ray wrote 
the I like the initial like humming like he was like welcome to the club like he kept throwing around this phrase welcome to the club so then I took it and I made the course what it was and I had I even added some production elements to it but ABXP that dude's a freak of nature he's a he's a battle producer and so me and him we became friends over the pandemic and I got connected by Ray Rock who linked us together and was like I found this guy um, I met him in New York, I think, and he's like, you got to work with them. And uh, yeah, so uh, Ray King got that sample, had the idea on the chorus. I beefed it up a little bit and that song. And then at the end, I was like, you know, I want to add something that's like a little bit more like, uh, I don't know, like reggaeton. Like I want to add, I just want to, every time I view a song, I'm like, all right, how do we take this up another notch? And so for that song at the end, uh, we added the reggaeton don't part and that's an alley-oop to fern fern knocked that out the park like instantly um and so those types of songs are just fun like a lot of these songs i think that it's i think for artists the hardest part and this is like i think where i my job it makes it easy is i when i hear a song i immediately know where i want to take it i know where i want to go and so like i have a vision as soon as i hear a beat i get the vision for where it should go um, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does, but I always want to try it. because You just never know. Sometimes explaining an idea is like, oh, okay. And then you do the idea and you're like, oh, I, I see where you're trying to go with this. And so for that song, um, I saw the vision. I knew exactly what I, I wanted on that song. And so, yeah, it was, it's a, it's a good song. I feel like people are like really loving. I, that's the one that I, I didn't expect everyone to like just gravitate toward. I knew it would be good. But that song, I'm like, I'm looking at numbers, I'm seeing stuff, and I'm like, wow, people really love that song. So it's it's good to have a song like that. I feel like a lot of songs that me and Fern have, like we say certain things, and you either have to be understand like the culture of Christian culture, or you have to like understand South Florida to get a lot of the funny bars that we have, or it just kind of goes over your head. So um, that's a fun song, um, and I'm excited that I'm excited that it worked out really well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Fern, it's your track, Human. Yeah, you know, um, it was fun to bring it back to the basics and just me and Marty have a solo track on the album. If you go back to previous projects, that was something we always did, you know. So we brought it back to the essence. And, um, you know, I, I had a couple ideas. Me and Paz had a couple ideas going back and forth. I had a couple producers sent me some ideas. But towards the end, I just... You know, I mean, I didn't really have anything that I was like gravitating to that I felt like really putting on the album. You know what I'm saying? Nothing that I had that came across my desk that I was like, whatever. So I was talking to Marty about it and he was like, yo, let me send you a couple of things. And he sent me that joint. And like, you know, sometimes like as a writer, like sometimes you get songs and you already you already see the beginning and the end. You're like, let me just sit down and write it. It's already done. You you get the vibe of the song, you like it, and you already foresee yourself writing it. So I, that's how I felt when I heard it. I was like, man, I, I can foresee myself killing this. Like, you know what I mean? Basically. And so it was just fun. I was like, man, I'm looking for it. And it came and it showed up right on time. So I was just thinking about, you know, um, when I wrote it, I was just thinking about, you know, current situations that I was going through, you know, and if you notice when you listen to it, you know, um, we all go through this sometimes where, you know, you have friends and, you know, you have to, it's a seasonal thing sometimes. Sometimes every seven years, you kind of refresh your whole life, everything, you know, friends and things of that nature. And some sometimes, you know, you, you ghost. And to me, it was just a ghosting thing. I just had to go ghost. I just, I was just felt overwhelmed. At least that's how I was 
on my side of things. So I just I just went ghost and some people were, you know, collateral damage and it wasn't on purpose and it wasn't. So I feel like this was my ode to them and I didn't do it technically, but if you do follow social club, like folklore, you would know that I usually, when I do a song by myself, I put like a song for like somebody, you know what I'm saying? And I should have like, I should have put a like inside joke, but I should have put a song for, you know, um, if you think it's for you, this is a song for you. Insert your name, you know, basically. But that's all it was. It was almost like an open letter, open like apology for anybody that I may have ghosted through my own personal situation. And just being super transparent, basically, like if if maybe this is you, like you'll know exactly that this was the apology you needed. This is the closure you needed as far as, you know, when it came to writing it. That was really the thought process behind it. I thought it was just a good way for me to kind of like get some thoughts out there on the subject matter without having to text everybody, without having to get on the phone. Mm. Having said all that, you know, little by little, you try to, you know, uh, rekindle relationships. You try to better yourself, try to keep growing every day and, um, and try to get better at returning texts and picking up the phone and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But for the most part, that's really what that song is. It's all love. Shout out to everybody out there who's rocking with the music and uh, really showing love. So, And shout out to Zach. I got, I'm going crazy, but. Zach and Dave James. Yeah, shout out to Zach and Dave James, man. You know, I got on the phone with them and they were really instrumental. They were really like super consummate professionals, man. You know, just really got on it, got to the task at hand, knocking everything out. Um, and even though at the same time, Zach was moving from where he was at, I believe ATL to California and he was stopping at, you know, wherever he was hotels and just to get the cheap Wi-Fi, just to be able to send the session, send the stem, staying up with timelines and Dave James, just freaking legendary. Um, so it was fun working with them and fun to get a record in with them, but shout out to human. I like that record. Nice. Born, born for this next track. Yeah, born for this. Uh, I heard uh, one of this when we were working on Unstoppable. Um, my buddy, I was talking to Sam Ash because we always what I what I do basically every day is I, I producers people DM me stuff like that. So we're always I'm always trying to get on a session. I feel like if I'm on a session, you never know what happens. And so I got in a session with Sam. We we're just talking about Unstoppable, and he played just the course of that. Didn't have any production on it. And it was, uh, and the original song. And I was like, oh, this is like, great. What is that song? And he's like, honestly, man, we made this uh, last summer and I just don't know what to do with it. And I was like, all right, let's cut this, 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 let's add, let's add drums to it. And we ended up making that song like from scratch, just built it around the chorus. And um, that song just, and then we hit up, uh, when I was talking to Amanda, I'm like, what kind of features do you want to see? And she's like, a lot of times when people do these types of, like big hook songs. There's always like, there's always like, it's always like a pop artist, right? It's like, you know, you think about me, myself and I, it has BB Rexa, you know, the Jeezy song or like, that's the kind of like the model we try to follow is like, all right, good song, big chorus. And so then, you know, like Jeezy, his last song was with uh, Halsey. It's like, you're always trying to find who's, and I was like, you know, I, I think all these pop people are great, but I'm like, what if we got somebody who has like a real voice, like somebody who could just knock this out the park um, in the gospel world? And so we have uh, mutual friends with uh, Evie. And uh, so we hit up Evie and she was like, absolutely. No problem. Management made it happen. 
And yeah. Sajin, who is uh, in Nashville, he helped produce the song as well. He recorded her vocals, recorded, I think recorded everyone's vocals, recorded Jordan Feliz, Ryan Ellis, who's on Unstoppable. And it was like a team effort and network. And so we're trying to, I'm trying to FaceTime. I think we're headed to a show and I'm in the hotel room and I'm trying to FaceTime to see how it's going. And it just, it ended up working out really well. Um, and so she is an incredible artist, incredible oh, yeah. voice, incredible talent. She's from The Voice. Um, we were going to go on tour with her at the end of the year. Um, she's just incredible. And uh, so shout out to Evie McKinney. And that song, again, was a no-brainer for me and Fern. We just, you know, after production, production to me is the hardest part. You want to produce it. You want to make sure that landscape makes sense. And then, you know, I feel like we kind of, I feel like between me and Sam, we kept changing the drums a lot, um, but it ended up working out perfectly. So uh, yeah, born for this. All right, dope. Now we got Sunday Service. Uh, produced this song with Ben Lopez. Um, this song and Don't Leave I'm Sorry, we wanted to release as like a teaser in May. Because um, that's kind of like, we finished the album by June, but we wanted to finish, it was like May, like came around, like want to just release two songs. And management was like, yeah, you could, but we can also like figure out and keep working on more music. And I'm happy that we made that because Rendezvous, Who That Is, all these songs started evolving after we made these songs. But this song, I literally freestyled the entire song. You can hear my chair in the back. Like usually what I do when I hear a song is I'll freestyle something and then I'll take it back and record it a little bit more professional so you don't hear stuff. But this song just, I love the feeling of it. And so, yeah, so uh, Fern obviously was the alley who killed it. And this song was one of the first three that we worked on. It was like, I can't fail this and don't leave, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, Ben Lopez killed it. And it was kind of like, originally, I think when, when I worked on the song, we were pitching it to Rod Wave for his album through somebody that I knew. And I was like, ah, I kind of want to keep it. And so that was just kind of happened like that. Does that does that cover Don't Leave I'm Sorry too? Or do you have a uh, more Don't Leave I'm Sorry? I produced it with my buddy Gabe, um, a young Jordan who's on it. Um, that song, easy. It's like one of those songs that you just like, what I like to do for me is like, I like to build off the momentum of whatever we create. So if I start with the beat, I have to finish it that half an hour that I started it. And then from there, I sit with it, see if I like it, and send it to Fern, and we figure it out. But for the most part, like a lot of these songs, just like the momentum of it was really, really quick. Nothing took a long time. Everything was like in the week of creating it was the week it was finished. And so, you know, another one of those songs is just fun. That's like classic social club. Um, and I teased that song, I feel like months ago, months, 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 the first song I ever teased. But yeah, Don't Leave I'm Sorry. And that's a good song. And yeah, produced that one too. I produced about nine, nine songs or eight songs on the record on this entire album. It's been fun. Like being a producer has allowed me to, it strengthened me as an artist, strengthened me as a singer, as a rapper. And, um, it's fun. It's fun to create, you know, it's fun. I feel like if I don't create one thing a day, I'm, I'm like not doing well. And yeah. so that's something that I always feel like you have to create, like, that's what God's called me to do. So how can I continue, uh, you know, the momentum of this? So even now this week, I made five songs. We, we made a song for, uh, last week for Michael's album Bodega, which is yep. incredible. Um, we got like a bunch of, I, I worked on a couple ghostwriting songs and then I, a couple songs with my friends. So, um, you know, if the, if the energy's right and you're in it, it's very easy. Mm -hmm. 
So what inspired this album? How did you settle on a theme? So Mood Doom, we did Feared by Hell and this album. Um, uh, Everyone Loves a Comeback Story was inspired by the book of John, uh, chapter 12, about um, about Lazarus, actually. Scripture in there that I would read, I never really thought about it. And I think that when you read the word of God, sometimes I think meditation on the word of God is as equally as important as reading it because you want to like process, I guess, what you're thinking about. So us processing this scripture that talked about how the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus. They not only wanted to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus. And so the idea was um, they wanted to kill Lazarus because at this point in the story of Jesus, Lazarus was resurrected and um, it, it was like, uh, it was like a big, Everyone was talking about it. It was something that was shocking to the world at the time, shocking to the, that region, shocking the, the word of, of Lazarus being resurrected kept spreading. And this idea that Lazarus was walking around um, and he was literally a walking testimony, right? Like the Pharisees were like, we got to kill Jesus, but we have to kill Lazarus because Lazarus is Jesus's power, the supernatural power of God being literally lived out in front of us. Like, how could you deny, you know, Jesus came with power. He came with supernatural to kind of, uh, not kind of, but to cement what he was doing. Like, I am really God's son. Um, I'm here for a short time and I have a new message. Um, And it's a message about salvation and breaking the wall between us and God. Um, And I just love that story about how the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus. It's like, they wanted to kill the guy who, was a walking testimony. And I believe that number one, the phrase, it's not over until God says it's over. That idea that, you know, humans, men, industries can t- tell you, hey, you're out, you're over. But it's not over. And then for us, you know, I feel like during the pandemic, we we had a really tough year, you know, but I, no matter where we are in our lives, we wanted to be living testimonies um, to what God can do when you say yes. And we always say this at shows, when you say yes to God, it affects more than just you. And when you say no to God, it affects more than just you. And something that we always preach. And so the idea of everyone loves a comeback story is this concept of, you know, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, how much you've um, maybe, I guess, done things that have destroyed your, your life or your reputation there's still hope. As long as there's air in our lungs, there's hope. God can still move. God can still use us. And um, I think in the church, we have a great, we have a great message, but things get really bad once the message, you know, it's like, yeah, God can use you, but only here, or God can use you just here. But I believe that God can restore lives. And um, once you submit to him and go through that process, I believe that God can use anyone and, and transform lives. And it's not over, you know, just because, you know, the Christian uh, establishment doesn't want to use you, you still have hope. And for some reason, we've relied on this Christian establishment to dictate our careers when really the whole time it's always been about people, salvation, discipling. Um, and so I believe that no matter where you are in your life um, and no matter how far, whether you're a parent or you're a young kid or high schooler, or maybe you've done something that's like totally, you feel like has, you know, um, you know, siphoned your life. 
it doesn't matter until God says it's over. And as long as you have air in your lungs, you still have hope. So everyone loves the comeback story. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where for us, it felt like it was a comeback album. You know, Feared by Hell, let's be honest, Feared by Hell didn't do as well as we wanted it to do. Um, and I feel like a lot of that came because not only pandemic, but the idea of, um, you know, we were making music with no direction. We were just making an album just to put on an album. And that never works. You know, you have to know what you're doing. And so I feel like every song on Everyone Loves a Comeback Story points to this idea that God can use you again. You can't fail. Why? Because you're being used by God. And God, God who has given us this vision and purpose allows us to continue this, you know, like it all attaches to this message and this bigger idea that's like, I was born for this, you know, like um, I'm human, but I still could be used by God. Everything points back to Jesus. And so I think that's really what this album that circles this entire album. Ooh. Marty, you went in. Sorry. Uh, I need to do that. No, it's fine. Fern, you've, have you dabbled at all in production and also like with Marty picking up lots of the production, the last couple of projects, was there something that you could focus more in on or kind of like take the reins for social club now that Marty was like more focused that way? Um, you know, when it comes to music, I just, I just basically just focus on writing. I haven't in my lifetime as a kid, remember I'm older, like in my lifetime, have I gotten on a, or, you know, NPC? Yeah. I've, I've touched the boards. I've done that. But nah, it never, it never like really became a thing where I could say I've ever produced a record, this and that. You know what I'm saying? But for me, you know, as far as for Social Club, um, obviously it's a miracle with me and Marty. We what we always bring to the table because you, it's not normal, it's not regular to do it for so many years. You know what I mean? But uh, one of the things I do besides just writing raps and stuff like that is making sure that we always have merch going on. We always have merch on the road, merch design. I handle that. Um, with my buddies or whoever I'm working currently, shout out my guy designed by Dill. Um, but yeah, you know, I always make sure we have our, our merch on the road, that we always have everything taken care of with that and just always have the fans and our e-com store, you know, always stock with merch so the fans can get something, always get that experience going, you know what I mean? But as far as music, I just always like telling the story, man. That's always been my thing. I like telling the story and I like to be able to, um, you know, just do it sonically. But, um, you know, I love being a part of Social Club and, you know, living out our dreams through that. You know, we get to write songs and people sing them out. It's been an amazing experience, especially I've been seeing a lot of people kind of like gravitate into a lot of lyrics this album. Um, and ironically enough, it was like one of the ones Marty knows, like I rewrote verses three, four, five, twelve times. You know what I'm saying? And just we were just making sure we had the best foot forward. You know what I mean? So. Shout out to everybody rocking with it. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all really showing up because, you know, it's really a labor of love. We put in some work for this stuff. And um, it's not just, it's not regular. We're, we're thankful, not taking it for granted. Like, I remember telling Marty this the first 10 years of our career. Like, for me, it just went by like a blur, you know? And um, I just kind of told myself that I would kind of be more in it and just be more in the moment and kind of just, like, savor it more a little bit, you know? So it's been sweet to be able to put out an album and just, you know, seeing everybody gravitate into it. Cause we strategically make these records, you know, to hopefully do what we're seeing that it's doing. And so, you know, once we get back on the road again, it's going to be crazy to perform them. But when you see that merch, when you, you know, when you get to order it, when you see the designs, that's just another one of my extended arms 
that I bring to the table. So, yeah. Uh, were there any obstacles in making this album and how did you overcome them? Obstacles. Yeah, I think uh, there's always going to be obstacles when you're creating something and there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of obstacles I can't speak about because they involve people that we all know and, and stuff like that. But it's, it's a lot of it is... Um, a lot of it is figuring out how to cut up the piece of the pie. I think that's the, you know, like a song has a hundred points, whatever. And it's like, all right, this person wants this much. Now this person wants a lot of this. This person doesn't want really care. So, you know, it's, it's all negotiations. And what we do to make it easier is you let other people, you let the label take care of it. And that's one something capital does amazing. They're able to take care of it and, and work out behind the scenes because you don't want to ever uh, have a bad relationship with your friends. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to business, you could, um, you could offend people. I don't know. It's easily offending area. It's walking on eggshells because you have people who want this. You have people who don't want it. It's just a really complicated place. So that's why I always say for artists to like, you know, when you have a team, that's one thing the team does. They work out deals on your behalf. So, you know, some of the songs, like we found out very later that there was another producer on it. And how do we incorporate that? So for, um, or like for Got What You Need, like I'll just give that as an example. That song, like, oh, there was another producer on it that the main producer maybe forgot, or maybe I forgot. I don't, you know, that's how fast it goes. So you always want to pass it off to your team to make sure that they take care of and do their due diligence. You give them the information, they process it. Um, but that that's always the hardest part because I have to like, literally I'm dealing with every single song, the splits, the back end, friends, people you don't know, people you work with, people you never met before that want the world. And you're like, I've never met you, but you happen to write with one of the guys. And so it gets complicated. So I would say that's always just an obstacle is working out the back end. But I think I've got an easier process now for the moving forward um but yeah it's always a process with it's you're involving people and there's probably 80 people that were a part of this album you know um from people on the label to creatives to this that and the other so organizing all that organizing it for 10 people is complicated but adding 13 12 songs and 80 people it gets very complicated for a point you guys were like really into nft space fern you were dropping music nfts marty i know you were kind of creating pieces uh what's going on with that is that still a thing or you guys taking a break from that i mean i'm just i'm just at the end of the day i'm just still watching it i still keep my my ear to the discords i still keep my eye to the landscape i mean right now i'm just chilling you know what i'm saying it was a fun hot season everything was hot you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the market's chilling out right now. So everybody's just laying low for the most part. But those who are really in the space, they're in it and it's a different life for them. You know what I'm saying? For all of like some of us who were just kind of just getting in ground floor, you know, it was it was fun. But there was some rude awakenings and there was some sad Saturday mornings after some rug pulls and things of that nature. But, you know, for the most part. I, I still see it disrupting the music industry. It's still doing some cool things. And like I said, those who still really, really live in that space, they 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 go through it differently than just the regular guy. They're doing, they're still having fun with it. I still I still see NFTs doing something. Just for me personally, I'm just I'm just chilling. I'm still watching it, but I'm just chilling. I I, I think uh, like one of my best friends, Darmola, he's like the number one FT in the world right now. He's got twice. It's connecting to his album. I think that that's incredible. Um, 
you know, at one point I was going to move what we were doing to like Web3 and Discord and stuff like that. But thinking, I think it's important as an artist to, um, to have your finger on the pulse of what's happening culturally. So you know to not continue if something's not working. If it doesn't work, you keep moving. So at one point we were going to give a big announcement that, um, sorry, my lips are dry. I keep using chapstick. Um, what's it called? I think that was one point in our career where we were going to move things to Web3 and have more of like fan to artist connection. And that just blew up. It didn't do well. And so we paid people to make that, create that. It just didn't work out. And so as an artist, it's important to know when to pull out, when to go in, when to know when something's going to work, when something's not going to work. And for NFTs, I think that the space got very volatile. And so shout out to everyone who made some money. I made a little bit of money, but nothing to really brag about. But luckily, you know, we were, I have friends of mine that spent $50,000 on an NFT and now it's worth $1,000. But luckily we weren't a part of that crew. Uh, so what is the post uh, album roller looking like? You guys have tour, events, deluxe album videos. What's happening? Yeah, we have a, we have more videos coming out. Uh, we have two more videos coming out. We're in a, right now we're waiting to see which songs do well to figure out what video we want to finish, like do another video. We have the unstoppable uh, acoustic session that we're going to drop soon. Um, the video is being finished. Shout out to Johnny Clay and Britt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we're going to obviously tour and obviously, uh, there's new merch that dropped that's, uh, on our site, misfits.supply. And so, you know, you just keep the momentum going, constantly kind of create on social media and what we do. And, um, you know, right now the album's doing really well. It was number, it was number two on all iTunes sales, which is the most important, um, chart. You want people to buy your music because. I think like a, a thousand, a million streams is 1500 albums. So we're about to hit a million right now on Spotify alone, but people physically purchased our album and it did really, really well. Streaming wise, we did great too. I think we're still, we were like four. Um, we were, I think right now we're like six. Um, so the album is being streamed well, but people are physically buying our product. And that to me is like the greatest thing to know. We have fans that really want to buy what we have. And so incredible, excited, get the album. If you haven't, it just came out last Friday. I'm excited to see first week numbers. I'm excited to see what God is doing and people who are listening. Cause me and Fern put a lot of effort and time in this album. This album really, I feel like is a classic album and the songs are going to live for a very long time. So, yeah, buy some, buy, buy, the, buy the physical copy. Um, it's important that you do because it allows us to continually make music for you.